Welcome to the Beeson Podcast coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla. Welcome to today's Beeson Podcast. I'm Doug Sweeney here with my co-host Kristen Padilla, and we have a two-time Beeson graduate with us today who will be sharing about pastoring to and through anxiety and depression. Very important topic for so many of us. Before we jump into today's conversation, I want to offer a word of thanksgiving. This episode is airing during the week of Thanksgiving, and at Beeson, we have a lot for which to be thankful. God has been so kind to us these past 31 years by allowing us to prepare and train ministers like today's guest for gospel and kingdom work throughout the world. It is a privilege to be part of God's mission at Sanford, at Beeson. I'm also grateful for our many donors and friends who support us financially and prayerfully. We would not be able to do all that we are able to do without your help. Almost six months ago, my wife Wilma and I moved from Deerfield, Illinois to Birmingham, Alabama to serve in this special place, and I am particularly thankful this year for God's gracious leading and guiding of Wilma and me to Beeson. Kristen, how about you? Do you have any words of thanksgiving um, before you introduce today's guest? Yes, and hello to all of you. Um, Happy Thanksgiving. Um, While our conversation today is not on the theme of gratitude, as Doug has already said, I want to echo his sentiments by saying how grateful we are to participate in God's work to prepare the next generation of gospel ministers. And as Doug said, Joel Busby, today's guest, is one such minister. Uh, Dr. Joel Busby earned both his MDiv and DMIN degree from Beeson. He is the founding pastor of Grace Fellowship here in Birmingham, and he is married to Mandy, and they have three children, precious children. And so, Joel, we are thankful to have you on the podcast today, and um, we just want to offer a warm welcome to you. Thank you so much. It is an honor to be here. I probably should just go ahead and say my thanks. I am so eternally grateful to Beeson Divinity School um, for the education I've received, but also the way in which Beeson formed me as a pastor. So it's a pleasure and it's an honor for me to be with you, to be here with you guys. Thank you. And you continue to pour into our students. You have a lot of students who intern at your church. And so you are uh, working with and alongside us to equip and prepare these students that are here today. So thank you, Joel. Yeah, it's a joy. Thanks. So let's start off with you just introducing yourself. Who is Joel Busby? Yeah, I'm Joel Busby. I am a native of the Birmingham area. I always dreamed to go somewhere really far away to do ministry, but in the providence of God, I've I've done most of my ministry alongside Lakeshore Drive here. Um, I was born at Brookwood Hospital, which we could almost see from where we're sitting today. Um, I have lived here in Homewood for a, for a while now. Um, the church that we planted is is right here in my neighborhood, just a couple miles from from Beeson. Um, I even was an undergrad at Sanford University before coming to Beeson Divinity School, with some time in Texas in between. So I'm. I'm a guy from this area, um, from the deep south. Um, I'm married to Mandy, as was mentioned earlier. Mandy and I have been married. We just celebrated 15 years of marriage. So Mandy and I were um, high school sweethearts and 
got married, and, and we live here in Homewood. We have three kids, Henry, who's seven, Leland, who's five, and then our little girl, Millie, is two and a half. And uh, one of the three of them is my favorite right now, so <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guess which one that might be. No, we, we adore all three of them. Um, I serve as the pastor at Grace Fellowship just down the road, and it's a joy and an honor to uh, to serve God's people, and so that's me. Joel, just a few weeks ago, you gave a really powerful talk to the student body here at Beeson called Pastoring to and Through Anxiety and Depression. Uh, I was there at the time. Uh, the Lord really um, used that in my life and my ministry. I went and told Kristen what a powerful talk it was. It's what gave us the idea of inviting you to come and speak on the podcast uh, would you tell our listeners just a little bit about your own story as a pastor and what's given rise to uh, this teaching that you did for us a few weeks back? Um, I would say that just in years of of pastoral ministry, um, you know, the the more you get to know folks and the more you spend one on one time or time in intimate settings with with people, you know, the more intimately acquainted you become with some of the deepest struggles of the human heart and. The work of the pastor is about connecting the hope of the gospel to the actual real things that people actually experience. So, you know, I've done that for, for many years. Um, but then, but then personally on my own, uh, I began to discover my own, my own issues. You know, sometimes you can recognize things in people you minister to because you see it in yourself. And, um, so, so that, that's something I've experienced in my years in ministry. You know, I've always considered myself to be an intense person. I'm, I'm emotional, passionate. I feel things deeply, but I don't know that I would have thought of myself as a stressed out person or an anxious person. Um, but you know, there, I remember, I remember specifically in my time as a graduate student, you know, here at Beeson, I remember just in the, the weight of some tests and exams, I remember feeling this feeling like something was sitting on my chest and, and I, I called the doctor friend and I said, Elliot, I feel like something's sitting on my chest. What is this thing? And um, he talked to me a little bit about anxiety. So that was that was some of the beginning of me noticing. Um, you know, a lot of times we can notice things a little bit better looking backward. Um, so um, I think in the pressures of being young in ministry, you know, of graduate school, of being a young father, being a young pastor, trying to learn how to do this work that I'd been called to do, um, I think I began to see some weight beginning to set in on me. Um, I think I considered myself somewhat of a tough person with some grit. So I think I convinced myself I could power through those things a little bit. Um, but, um, but I started to see that maybe there was something deeper going on. Um, my wife and I endured a tragic loss. Her brother was killed in a hunting accident almost six years ago. So, so that had happened right around the time that all these new young, young father, young pastor things were going on. And I just began to see that there was some, something of a weight and maybe a darkness that seemed to be hanging over like a cloud and not, not dissipating as quickly as maybe I, I would have expected. Um, so, you know, pastors are, are sort of known for going through these emotional dips. You know, the adrenaline rush of a Sunday um, usually has a little bit of a crash on a Monday. But I was starting to notice that my, my Monday fog, which is pretty typical for pastors, was becoming somewhat of a Tuesday fog, 
which was coming uh, Wednesday fog. And things were just starting to be just foggy in general. Yeah. And I was starting to just kind of pick up on those things and notice them and wasn't totally sure exactly how to deal with them. So grappling in my own way with all these things is kind of what has given rise to me trying to think about it theologically and even trying to help others um, in these issues. Are there certain aspects of pastoral ministry that you've identified, at least for yourself, Joel, that trigger the anxiety and depression? And what are the signs? I know you mentioned the the weightiness, the fog. Um, were there other signs of that for you? And did others uh, see see that in you and were able to help discern your, your struggling with anxiety or depression? Yeah, so I would say um, aspects of the work. Um, I'm I'm a very relational person. You know, sometimes when you go through church planning assessments, because I've recently planted a church, you know, they they want to map you on a personality scale, and um, that stuff I think is helpful and 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 it's helped me a lot. And when I when I take those assessments, I I'm kind of off the charts when it comes to these relational and empathetic styles of ministry. So I think there are parts of pastoral ministry that that perhaps bring forth some of these ex- emotional experiences, but I think those strike me in a particular um, heavy way because of some of my personality. So when I sit down and talk about the depths of maybe a problem that someone is sh- struggling with spiritually, I think I, I carry the weight of that a little bit more than some. So I think I, I go home with that on my mind maybe to a greater degree than some other pastors that I happen to know. Um, and as, as far as, as far as signs go, I, I began to realize that that, that empathetic nature of the way I do ministry, there were times where I would be sitting down and listening and that ability to empathize was almost like it was busted. I was wanting to look down at my watch, but I know you're not supposed to look down at your watch when you're sitting with someone in pastoral ministry, but I wanted to. I wanted to look down at my watch and think, when am I, when can I get out of here? Um, I, my ability to really go there and empathize was starting to seem kind of off. Um, I'm, a, I'm actually a pretty outgoing, extroverted, gregarious person, but I started noticing times in ministry where I'd want to try to plot my way of how I could walk out of the church without having to talk to certain people um, maybe I became overly fearful. Um, I'd get an email with a church member wanting to speak with me about something, and I would, in my mind, bring that into some kind of catastrophe of what they were going to say about my leadership when I'd show up for that lunch meeting, and they just wanted to encourage me <laughs> and tell me how thankful they were for the work I was doing. Um, so those are some signs. I just started noticing there were some things kind of off in my inner life. Other people helped me see that too. Um, my wife Mandy was really helpful. Dear friends would sit with me and be like, "Hey, are you are you okay?" I had a I had a doctor friend um, who who really sat me down and asked me some really good questions and really helped me to discover these things because I, I wasn't really fully seeing it. So those are among the things. Joel, through all this, what have you learned about taking care of yourself? Uh, I'm thinking about our listeners, many of whom are involved in ministry. They're very self-giving people. Uh, sometimes they're people who probably don't take the kind of care of themselves that they ought to. Uh, is there something from your own experience and learning to take care of yourself that might be helpful to share with them? I, I think you're right, Dr. Sweeney. I think for pastors, the idea of caring for ourselves, it seems seems funky. It seems strange. And I've been trying to think about why that is. And I think 
part of it is even the word self-care. You know, isn't the Christian life about self-denial? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the the thing is, is that you know it it actually is a joy to be poured out for Jesus. That's actually a great joy. Charles Spurgeon famously said, it is a joy to be poured out for Jesus. It's just that we need to be able to replicate being poured out again and again and again so that we can fulfill the calling that we've been given. So I think, I think for me, I've had to grapple with the idea that for me to be able to pour out in the ways in which God has called me, I have to be able to be um, in demonstrable practical ways i have to be seeking to be filled up so that i can be poured out you know, for a lifetime of ministry so i've learned a lot i've learned about common grace practical realities um like trying to manage your schedule in responsible ways <laughs> you know trying to look at my schedule and just seeing you know i think i can probably handle three one-on-one meetings regarding heavy subjects this week but not 17 of them like I tried to do one week and being okay with realizing that that would actually accepting my limitations would actually be a gift to the people that I serve. Um, so learning things about schedule, learning things about vulnerability, um, just being able to say to people in the church, Hey, would you be praying for me with regard to some of the heavy things I have to carry as a minister? And being able to just say that and realizing that in those moments, um, people will, will receive that as a great gift to be able to pray for their pastor. Mm-hmm. And, the, and they'll, they'll consider that part of their role within the body of Christ is to support and uphold you. Um, I've learned about just the, the good old fashioned value of taking a walk and breathing in some cool fall air like today. Um, patterns of exercise, trying to eat healthy. Um, I, I think learning to walk away from feeling like, like, you are supposed to be this indispensable person. Um, but I think the nature of the body of Christ is that we all are integral parts of a body that need one another. Sure. Um, but we have to be able to lean on one another. And um, and just that, that really precious truth that Christ's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so there's biblical things, there's theological things, but there's also just practical things that I've learned about filling my own tank so that I can, you know, responsibly pour out in ministry. Joel, how has pastoring through anxiety and depression helped you to shepherd people in your congregation with anxiety and depression? I would imagine perhaps it gives you empathy. Sure. But perhaps even more than that, um, what does that look like to pastor others who are dealing with some of the same things? Sure. You know, I think for certain, the ability to listen in an empathetic way has changed for me. Um, I also think it's really important to, in a way, you know, normalize these things. Um, when I sit down with someone in our church and they share with me, hey, Joel, I feel like I'm just kind of drowning under the weight of stress. You know, for me to look at them and say, oh, yeah, you know, that's that's actually pretty normal. Um, I've experienced that. There's lots of folks around our church that have I've had this same conversation with in the last couple of weeks. And so helping people f- understand that this, this is a normal part of moving about in a broken, fallen world and, and, and being able to tell them that, like, that's kind of normal. 
Um, I think it has helped me more responsibly refer people to appropriate counseling because I have a little bit of an understanding of how these issues work. I think in the wonderful community, I mean, we're truly blessed in, in Birmingham for just a great community of Christian counselors, but it's helped me more responsibly in a more targeted way refer people, but then also stay engaged with them. I think sometimes pastors refer and they sort of forget about it, but I've been able to refer and then walk alongside and continue to pray alongside a good Christian counselor's help. I think more than anything, though, I think it has given me just a a vision for the simplicity of gospel ministry. Um, people who are struggling under the weight of dark clouds, even spiritual warfare has 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 a factor, plays a role in these things under the weight of stress or anxiety or depression. People struggling under weight, the weight of those things need to hear about the simple, real, objective work that the Lord Jesus has done on their behalf and has given me just a focus to make sure that I'm speaking the hope of the gospel in very direct ways, very concrete ways. Um, and so it's, it's somehow just helped me aim my work at folks' hearts. That's been a real gift to me. Are there other pastors or theologians or counselors or scholars whom you have found to be especially helpful when it comes to thinking about uh, ministering in the midst of or ministering with people uh, who are dealing with anxiety and depression whom you would want to commend to our listeners? Sure. Um, I've been thinking about this a little bit lately, just um, you know the fact that we sit here today on the heels of having commemorated the, the Protestant Reformation. And um, the work of Martin Luther has been really helpful to me to see the way Martin Luther um, seems to be very aware of the deep struggles of the human heart, you know, his struggles of the, the guilt over sin. And in some ways, it, it seems like Luther, um, Luther's writings, and when you read the sermons he preached, they really seem to deal with people in the depths of, of who they were in their hearts. And that's helpful to me. I'm, I'm, I'm also not Anglican. I'm, I'm not Anglican, but, um, but the, the treasure of the Book of Common Prayer has been precious to me. So, just some of the prayers, um, like I, I particularly am fond of some of the prayers that that happen in either evening prayer or the Compline prayer. And there's there's one that that's written that talk about um, something to the effect of Lord in the in the constant changes of this life, you know, we become weary, but help us remember your eternal changelessness, Lord Jesus. So, I think of the reformers. I think of Martin Luther. I think of Thomas Cranmer. Um, I think of, uh, even, even John Calvin, there's a, an edited volume of Calvin's Letters of Pastoral Piety. And this is John Calvin, this ivory tower theologian, supposedly, right? But no, he's just a pastor and he's, he's writing just these pastoral letters to his people, talking about how the hope of Jesus meets them in the struggles of life. And, and those have been helpful. And um, for someone more modern, um, there's a, an Anglican, um, writer named Tish Harrison Warren. I'm pretty sure she's in Pittsburgh, and she wrote a book called The Liturgy of the Ordinary, which is one of the better books that I've read in a long time. And Tish Harrison Warren writes about the daily practices, um, spiritual practices in the mundane things of life, things as mundane as um, fixing you know, lunch for your family, in the way in which God's grace is reliably present for us in those moments. 
Um, I, I, those are three that I would mention off the top of my head that have been really deeply helpful to me. When you experience anxiety and depression, are there any spiritual practices or biblical texts that you um, find most helpful during those times? You know, my doctor of ministry dissertation was on the Psalms and helping a congregation learn to read and treasure the riches of the Psalms. So, I mean, I would just say the Psalms, reading the Psalms, praying the Psalms, memorizing the Psalms, letting the Psalms soak really deeply into your heart and soul. You know, it was Calvin who said that um, the Psalms are like a, a mirror. Everything we could think or feel or experience, we, we see there. And the Psalms have been precious to me and my wife Mandy, our family. Um, so I'd say that. Also, the spiritual discipline of solitude. Um, I think it is when we get alone and we get quiet, which is actually when we start feeling the assault of stress and we normally want to really quickly distract ourselves from that by looking at our phone or finding something to do so we don't have to face those things but i found the spiritual discipline of solitude to allow those stressful anxious thoughts to just come rushing in so that then i can turn those thoughts to prayer like paul talks about in philippians 4 and so that as Peter talks about in First Peter, that then I can cast those cares on Christ because he cares for me. But it's when I ha- when I get alone in times of silence and solitude that I'm that I'm really able to actually deal with those things responsibly instead of just distracting myself so quickly. And then if I can also just add the spiritual practice, and I really think it's a discipline of, of friendship, of having treasured friends that I can have a Christ-centered friendship with um, who I can just sit down with and just say, hey, this is what's going on. But I call that a spiritual discipline because I think in the busyness of our lives, I don't think making time for deep friendship is the easiest thing to do in the world. And I think you have to carve it out of your schedule and fight for it with intensity. I think especially in my season of life with little bitty children, um, giving myself permission to break away with with close friends um, whom I can share these things with and they can carry it with me. All three of those have been just deeply helpful. Joel, thank you so much for being with us and sharing so much love and wisdom with our listeners. We're almost out of time, but one last question. Um, if anybody listening to us now is struggling with depression or anxiety in the midst of a very busy life of ministry, Do you have any final word of encouragement for that person? I would think, I would want to just say that you are not alone. And I mean that on two levels. Um, In Jesus Christ, we have a high priest who's able to sympathize with us in all our weakness. I mentioned Spurgeon earlier. Spurgeon said that at the cross, we learn of bodily pain. But at Gethsemane, we learn of emotional pain. And just knowing that Jesus Christ knows the experience of living under the weight of of emotional pain, of being tempted and tried in every way that we were, but yet with without sin, it's just such a powerful thing to know we're not alone because of the company we have with our Lord, Savior, and friend, Jesus. Also that you're not alone. You have people like me, you have other pastors out there who've walked this road um, it's a normal road for us to walk, and you're not alone. So I'd encourage you to to reach out to fellow pastors and friends. 
Um, and then, and then maybe just one final thought is if it's true, um, that Jesus' strength is made perfect in weakness, then weakness is a good thing. And we shouldn't be afraid to be publicly weak because that is the way we gain Jesus' strength. Um, and I think at the end of the day and the work that we're called to do, I think we're going to really want Jesus' strength. Um, so those are just some, some thoughts I'd have. You have been listening to Dr. Joel Busby, the founding pastor of Grace Fellowship Church here in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we hope and pray that what he said has been as helpful to you as it has been to so many of us here at Beeson Divinity School. We are grateful that you've joined us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast. Our theme music is written and performed by Advent Birmingham of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. Our engineer is Rob Willis. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our co-hosts are Doug Sweeney and myself, Kristen Padilla. Please subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at beesondivinity.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Thank you.